My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Apologies for missing an episode last week. I was a little under the weather and I had to leave town, but I'm back with some listener questions. Let's not waste any time and dive right into them. Our first, my friend is planning a trip for his 30th birthday. Is this not a bit excessive? I'm not sure when this happened, why this happened, how this happened, but for some reason, once people stopped getting married, it started to be deemed, uh, I don't know, a little bit acceptable to start taking lavish, long, kind of ridiculous trips for people's birthdays. And I have to say, I have no desire to do this for my own personal birthday. Sure, there are times where I might want to go on a trip for, to celebrate somebody else's birthday, but most of the time, it might be a little bit of a waste of money. So unless you're somebody in your group of friends who has a lot of money or your group of friends overall has a lot of money, this does seem a little bit excessive, especially when it comes to a 30th birthday, as most of the people that I've seen do this are turning 40 or above. So I don't know. Maybe if you don't have any weddings in the pipeline and you're looking for a reason to get everyone together, you can justify this. But overall, yeah. I think your question is valid, and I think I lean a little bit excessive, despite it being fun maybe once in a while. Our next question, are there any wax jacket recommendations that you have that aren't Barber? While there's nothing wrong with Barber, I know that the price will drive people away a lot of the time. Everyone loves a wax jacket or English countryside piece of clothing this time of year, so I've got three options for you. All are different prices. Two of them are cheaper than Barber's or less expensive than Barber's, I'm sorry. And the other is a little more expensive. But these are really the same style as your classic Barber jacket that we've all come to know and love. The first one is a jacket that I can personally vouch for because I have one. The Filson Cover Cloth Mile Marker Jacket for $395. I was lucky enough at the time to have a pro deal, so I got it for about half off, and I have loved it during the fall and any other time that I can wear it ever since. It looks great and is essentially the exact same quality, and best of all, they have a lifetime warranty at Filson, and pretty much everything that I've ever bought from Filson I can stand behind. I can't think of one product that hasn't arrived, only for me to think, this is sturdy, this is nice, this will last me so long. The less expensive option is the L.L. Bean Double L Waxed Cotton Upland Coat for $249. This may not be the same quality, and I can't really vouch for the quality because I have not had enough experience with one, but this seems like a more than ample option for you. It's about as close as a barber as you'll get for under $250, and I can really say that L.L. Bean does make a good product, so I don't think you need to really worry about the quality there. You just might be kicking yourself for all those people that love brand names because you have an L.L. Bean instead of a barber. No big deal. Don't even worry about it. And our final jacket is Tom Beckby's Classic Camo Tensaw Jacket, and this one is more on the expensive side. It's about $495. Retail therapy listeners out there will know that Noah just did a collaboration with Barber where a very similarly styled jacket just sold for about $900, but this one actually feels like a deal after you know seeing that jacket. Uh, this jacket itself has duck camo on it, which is kind of different than regular camo. This is a, kind of a, just a twist on an old favorite, but it's really a cool looking jacket. It comes in many colors, but the duck camo is just awesome. Happy wax jacket season to all and to all a good night. Well, not really. We've got more questions to do. Our next, would you rather be hungover on a nice sunny day or on a dreary rainy day? 
This is a hangover question that I've never gotten before, which is kind of a rarity at this point since I've been doing the podcast for so long. Let's just go through each of these and pick out some, pick out some pros and cons and just see where we land. For a sunny hangover, the pros are as follows. You can go out and distract yourself without you know, feeling like you're cooped up all day. This opens you up to going on uh, maybe a lake or pool day or taking a walk or maybe going to the park. But really being active is all part of this and trying to forget that you're actually hungover. The cons of this are the emotional obligation of feeling like you need to move. So if you're too hungover to get off your couch, it's kind of difficult to peel yourself off. Or if it's too hot, there's nothing worse than sweating and feeling overheated when you're hungover, at least for me. On a rainy day, the pros and cons are a little bit nicer to me. The pros are that you can embrace your laziness and really lean into it. You can cozy up on the couch and look outside and think, ooh, there's no way I'm going out today. You don't have to get dressed fully. And you can all you have to really do is just get up from the couch to make a cozy meal at home. The cons, unfortunately, are a little, you know, they're not too bad. Uh, you have more time to focus on your hangover, so you might sit there stewing on yourself or beating yourself up for bad decisions that you made. It's really tough to do anything productive and feel good about yourself when it's raining outside, and so you, at the end of the day, you might feel a little let down or, or kind of beating yourself up a little bit. And probably the worst part of it is that you risk letting the boredom set in because you're just sitting around watching TV or scrolling your phone all day. But honestly, for me, I think I'm going to choose a rainy day hangover most times, unless it's the middle of summer when I need to get out and just maybe have a couple drinks to, to feel a little bit better with some hair of the dog. Our next question, what's one category where you always think it's worth a splurge? Or conversely, one category where you think you'd rather save most of the time? Well, I never try to guilt myself for potentially overspending on anything. I will say that I do have certain things that I'm completely willing to spend money on and other things that I'm not. Let's start with the things that I'm okay with overspending on. The first is really staple clothing items. So if it's a basic item, I'd rather buy something that's high quality that I'll wear for a long time as opposed to just being like, okay, I'll get this random black t-shirt and then just buy another one when it's done. I would prefer to operate on cost per wear and hope to get that down and wear it all the time until it's just gross and tattered as opposed to just replacing it constantly. So really staple clothing items, a good pair of pants, uh, staple t-shirts, a nice sweater, whatever that may be. I think it's worth it if you're going to wear it a lot to just buy something more expensive than what you'd normally go for. Another thing, and this is a kind of a little more broad, is food. I'd rather scale back expenses elsewhere to make sure that our refrigerator is filled with high quality stuff when I'm eating at home. I don't mind eating something cheap when I'm just out about town and doing stuff, but when we're buying food for the home, I do enjoy having some nicer food around just because it, it kind of stops me from going out to eat, honestly, and I think in the end it might actually save me more money than it costs me. And the final thing I don't mind spending money on, and this includes scented candles, is just really spa products in general. After 30, I realized that anything that goes on my skin or hair is something that I should know about or at least feel like I can stand behind. And so when it comes to spa products, it, it just makes sense. And when it comes to scented candles, I've become such a snob and I kind of blame this podcast, but I've become very much a snob when it comes to scented candles. So yeah, I will sprinkle a little more money on there. But the places where I don't care about the quality and I will just do nothing. The first one's one that I never would have expected to come up with, but it was books. I have officially joined the library. It's kind of the, a smug thing about me these days, but I'm loving it. And so I kind of refuse to buy any books these days. I will go online. I will download the library book on my, kin, or on my Kindle app, on my iPad. And if I go to a bookstore, I always try to go local just because it feels better. And I'm such a big fan 
of You've Got Mail in the local bookstore there. And how can you not? And the final thing is something that I need to replace now and will probably do it around the holiday season is a rug. They get ruined so quickly, and so I refuse to overpay. Ever since my son was born, there's something that has just been so difficult to do, and that is go to the grocery store. It just is more difficult to find that time to go get the staple items that I always need, which is why I love Thrive Market. Finding all your grocery items in one place at an affordable price is almost impossible now. But with Thrive Market, I get everything I need and so much more. With Thrive Market, you can shop everything from healthy pantry essentials and sustainable meat and seafood to non-toxic cleaning and beauty products all delivered right to your door. And if you find a price lower elsewhere, Thrive Market will match it. Thrive Market carefully vets each and every item so you can trust that if they sell it, it's probably the highest quality available. Finding everything you need is easy on Thrive Market because you can filter by 99 plus values and lifestyles to find what works for you. Shop by what you eat and what matters most to you. With over 5,000 home and beauty products, finding what you need is easy with Thrive Market. I buy so much stuff from Thrive Market that, you know, I've talked about several of these things on the podcast before. Well, latest skin food, Chomp's beef jerky sticks that I always bring, the epic beef jerky that is such a good snack on the go. When you join Thrive Market, you're joining a community of 1 million plus members and sponsoring a family in need. And with their fast and free carbon neutral shipping, you are also bettering our planet. Join Thrive Market today and get $80 in free groceries. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash scaries to get $80 in free groceries. That's thrivemarket.com slash scaries, thrivemarket.com slash scaries. Let's do some more questions, shall we? Will espresso martinis die off at some point? You know, this is a question that I've been pondering myself. This last weekend, we were in Los Angeles, and we were there for a wedding, but beforehand, we were visiting with some friends for dinner. We went to a kind of legendary Italian restaurant in Santa Monica, uh, on Santa Monica Boulevard called Dantana's. It's an Italian restaurant. You feel like you're just in an old Italian restaurant, and it's great. But when my wife ordered an espresso martini because the time change was getting to her, the look on the waiter's face was that of disgust. And he told her, he said, the bartender is not going to like this. And I could tell from that moment on that that was not a place that you would order an espresso martini. All cocktail fads must come to an end, and I haven't seen someone under the age of 30 drinking an Aperol spritz in ages, and that concerns me. I can already feel the tide turning on espresso martinis. People aren't wanting to drink them during dinners or meals. Bartenders are getting sick of making them. And honestly, I've started to feel basic ordering them, and I will really only order them if I actually need the energy boost from them. So will they die off at some point? Yes. Is that point sooner than later? I think so. Our next question. How to find your personal style. I feel like I like trendy stuff, but I can't stick to one style or aesthetic. Any tips? If someone asked me what my personal style is, I'd really hesitate to come up with an answer or even give them an answer at all. Personal style is so fun, but a lot of people don't take advantage of it, especially men. How you portray yourself to the world, how you exhibit your current mood, the way that you dress actually changing your mood. There are so many reasons that it's fun to actually put thought into it, whether people think it's good looking or not. If you think it's fun, if you think it's different, if you think it's unique, that's really an enjoyable experience for you. 
How I came up with my personal style, well, it wasn't really a targeted strategy as opposed to something that just happened. I found certain companies that I like and I kind of just lean into them. I don't necessarily buy everything that I need from them, but I might get some inspiration for them and go find a cheaper version. I also figured out which colors look good on me. Darks, grays, tans, greens, just kind of earth tones in general. And luckily for me, all these colors go well together, which means all my clothes that I like and enjoy, I can kind of just mix and match without having to worry about it. And one thing that I also figured out is which fabrics I like, things that are nice to the touch, things that are durable, but most importantly, things that are comfortable. And finally, I figured out the silhouettes that work best for me. Skinny and slim fitting things just look awful on me and showcase parts of myself that I don't love. And also I have a long torso, so I try to make my legs look longer than they actually are, and that's kind of how I did it all. So don't stress about your personal style. Style's meant to be fun, so have it. I promise, if you just figure out what you like, everything else will fall into place, and you don't have to worry about what anybody else thinks. How do you balance out a weekend of degenerate eating and drinking during the week? Luckily, this is a problem that I don't have to worry about nearly as much anymore. There's the classic trope. You're eating pizza, pasta, and carbs all weekend. You drink until 2 a.m. every night and recover with horrible food and drinks and just make yourself feel worse the next day. And then you try to undo it all by having a smoothie and a kombucha on Monday. But I do do some things that make me feel healthier even if they don't actually work all the time. One thing is a Sunday grocery run or maybe just a Sunday grocery order. It's always nice to start the week with fresh groceries and a full refrigerator. And so one thing I always try to do is just make sure that I have a plan to make sure that I have good food in my fridge. And after that, everything kind of falls into place. Another thing I do and what everyone should do really is have a healthy lunch on Monday. Maybe you could abide by the smoothie Monday mentality Maybe you go to the grocery store and go to the salad bar. Maybe you just order a to-go salad from a restaurant. But as long as you're not doing anything reckless and you're kind of stopping the bleeding right there, a healthy lunch on Monday will go a long way. Another thing I do is an AFD, an alcohol-free day. No glass of wine on Monday night and intentionally not drinking when I don't have any social engagements through the week. I try to string together a bunch of AFDs throughout the week just because it feels good. And at my age, when a hangover can sneak up after two glasses of wine, It's simply easier to do an AFD rather than force it. But finally, and this is one that I really don't do that much anymore, is try to get a sweat in. If it's Monday and you're kind of feeling a little beat up about yourself, it always helps to do a Peloton ride, maybe take a long extended walk, maybe even a hot girl walk, or just really anything that kind of gets your blood flowing. But those, like I said, have been few and far between. Our next question, what's your ideal fall outfit if you're having to deal with a ton of layers. This is one of the reasons that fall is my favorite season. I absolutely love layering. I absolutely love just thinking of what might look good together in my closet, and I like making it happen. But what the ideal staple outfit that I came up with is as follows. It's a thick t-shirt. It's probably from Filson, as they're my favorite t-shirt company as of right now. Their t-shirts have gotten a little longer in the last couple of years, which I don't love. So I might actually have to take mine in and get them shortened a little bit, which seems ridiculous, but I do love their t-shirts, so that's what I go with. On top of that, I would put a light cashmere sweater. I had one from Frame that I left at a restaurant that's just killing me, but it was just a thin gray cashmere sweater that was so comfortable to layer with. And then over that, I would just use a vest. Again, I would go with my Filson vest because it's my favorite. I can't help it. I I think I'm sounding like a Filson stand right now, but I can't really help it. I'm sorry. On top of that, a wax jacket. 
And again, as I said before, it's the mile marker jacket from Filson. So I apologize that I'm just hammering this down everyone's throats, but that's the way it is. And then on the bottom, I would probably go with some Lululemon Utilitech pants or some double knee pants, maybe some carpenter pants, whatever it may be. If I have leeway anywhere, it's definitely in the pants realm and how I'm feeling that day. But overall, that's kind of how my, I go about layering. But layering is too fun to pigeonhole. The amount of comfortable combinations is simply too much to comprehend. That's really a good thing. Our next question, if you didn't start your own company, what do you think you'd be doing now? This was actually asked to me recently by somebody because they said, like, if you didn't start it and keep doing it, what would you do? Uh, and if you don't know, I I left the company about three years ago and we started Washed Media, which is what the Sunday Scaries podcast and Sunday Scaries brand is based under. And it was all kind of a weird process at the time. But now that the dust is settled, it, it all seems a little more palatable. But I don't think there was any way that I was going to get away from online content in general. I think that I probably would have done a paid newsletter. I probably would have kept the podcast going and I probably just would have been an independent creator on my own and just tried to figure out where that led me. I really do like doing it and I don't really mind doing things alone. So I think it would have been pretty easy for me to dive into. But if that wouldn't have worked out and I actually had to get a job, I probably would have just gone the route of trying to apply places that, you know, catered to my skill set, to the writing, to the social, to the whatever. I never really want to work a desk job where I have to answer to a boss, but Who knows? One day I might have to. But overall, I don't even like thinking about this that much because I enjoy my life and I feel very comfortable at the point that I'm at. Between gift giving and family traditions, the holidays are full of lighthearted moments that make the end of the year a little bit more joyful. And Vizzy Hard Seltzer brings the joyful vibes all year round, especially at your holiday party. Whether you're visiting loved ones or enjoying being home for the holidays, tis always the season to enjoy Vizzy, the hard seltzer bursting with a cornucopia of fruit flavors. Vizzy mimosas will pair perfectly with Christmas morning or even maybe a mid-afternoon on Thanksgiving while the lions are losing. It's got the refreshing taste of real orange juice and is perfect for daytime sipping. It comes in strawberry orange, pineapple, peach, and even pomegranate orange. You can even shake things up with Vizzy Variety Packs. They've got two different ones, and I can tell you this. All the flavors in them are wonderful. If you reach in the cooler, it truly does not matter what you pull out. Vizzy Hard Seltzer, flavors for every vibe. Stock up on Vizzy Hard Seltzer and show some love for the show. Here's how to get yours. Go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com wash to find Vizzy near you. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com washed. And to hear first about the latest flavor drops and more, sign up at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. You must be 21 or older. And I know that my good friends over at the Molson Coors Beverage Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, would love to me to remind you to celebrate responsibly. To close things out today, let's do a little rapid fire. Our first, what's your go-to drink at a wedding? Pre-dinner? has to be a martini. Dinner time, I'll take some more of that red wine over there, thank you. Post-dinner, I usually go whiskey, whiskey soda, or scotch on the rocks. Yes, I like to have fun at weddings. Our next, what are your top five cities for fall? The first, it, it obviously has to be my hometown of Harbor Springs, Michigan, which has the most beautiful fall colors. And this is not an order, by the way, except Harbor Springs is definitely first. 
The second would be New York City. It's so nice to be in New York in the fall. And don't you just love New York in the fall? I promise this isn't me marketing the uh, Vellabox scented candle, New York in the fall that I have. But I do love New York City in the fall. And that was probably the inspiration for the candle in the first place. Another place that we recently visited during the fall was Aspen. And it was so perfect. We were there the first week of October. Everything was so yellow, so cool, so decadent. I would love to go back. Another place is Missoula, Montana. My sister got married in the middle of fall there. It was just perfect outside. Leaves were covering the ground. A lot of the the trees had turned yellow already, and it was just perfect out. And then to put a little cherry on top of the list, I'm doing a city that I wouldn't have expected me to come up with, but when I did, I thought, you know, it deserves a nod. That's Ann Arbor, Michigan, so I can watch just two football teams play. Don't really have a ton of allegiance there, but game day in Ann Arbor in the middle of fall, can't beat it. Our next question all denim outfits. What are your thoughts? While I have not actually rocked an all denim outfit yet, I have to say, I'm very into them as of late. My wife's actually been doing it, and every time she puts it on, I think, that's pretty fun. I got to do that sooner than later. The next one, what are your favorite coffee brewing methods? I don't really have more than one favorite method, so I'm just going to stick with that one, and it has to be the AeroPress. If you're not familiar with the AeroPress, it's a very rudimentary way of making a cup of coffee. But if I learned anything over the lockdown and everything, it was that it was kind of nice to take some time out of your day and just kind of do a slow little coffee routine using the AeroPress. It's a strong cup of coffee. It's a tasty cup of coffee. And it's just kind of a fun process in general. So, yep, I'm going to go with the AeroPress. Next, have you done a Sunday roast yet? (sighs) I'm embarrassed to say that I have not done a Sunday roast yet. I know, I know. It's November already. We're deep in the midst of roast season. I promise I will do it soon. I will do it before the year is out and I will do it. Actually, I'm going to make a promise. I will do it before November is even over and I will take photos and I'll post them on Sunday Scaries. How do you determine how much more you're willing to spend to take the early flight home? I didn't really have a rule for this until I was served this question, but I came up with one, and here it is. If the amount of money you could potentially spend eating and drinking in that city all day outweighs the early flight's price difference, you take the early flight. Part of the reason you take the early flight is because it's less likely to be delayed or canceled. And so should you get stuck, you know, when you take the later flight, you might find yourself sitting at Chili's for four hours drinking 22-ounce Miller Lights that cost you $19. And then you've got a triple dipper in front of you that was $30. And you're probably kicking yourself saying, I should have just spent the extra money and gotten up early. Don't say I didn't warn you. And our final question this week, what is your least favorite day of the week besides Monday? Here's a little uh, tip for you. Monday isn't even my least favorite day of the week anymore. For me, it's got to be Wednesday. I don't mind Mondays because now that I work on Sundays because of Sunday scaries, Monday's almost like uh, take a deep breath and just let the dust settle kind of day. And when it comes to Wednesdays, you're kind of at a crossroads. You're either productive and you can finish the week out strong with not that much to do on Thursday and Friday, or if you have a lazy Wednesday, you finish the week rushed with just a bunch of stuff piled up that bleeds into the weekend. Simply put, that's just too much pressure for me. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. 
You can also follow along on Twitter at Sunday Scaries and Instagram, which is at Sunday.scaries. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. I'll see you next Sunday.